0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Alright, lad. Well, kid. What's the crack? Great day for the washing. but holy god. I'm a busy mom. I hear. Would you be well? Jesus, I was plastered
1: last night. Oh, God. Yeah.
0: Jesus, I've a head on me like a robber's dog. No harm, no foul. Hi, everybody. How are you getting on? This is Tis Yourself, the podcast, and tis myself, Nicola Barton. I hope you're all well, and thank you very much to our regular listeners who are probably like, where has she been for the last two weeks? Or if you've never heard this podcast before, you're like, what's she on about? Um, haven't had an episode in the last couple of weeks simply because a lot of the people I wanted to interview or I have interviewed are asking to hold off so th- for certain dates and stuff because they've got promo and yada, yada, yada. So apologies about that. Um, I just didn't want to rush and put some, you know, terrible episode in and uh, just to just to have there. So that'll be the way forward from now on, I think. Um, hopefully I'll have it every single week. Um, we're already gone over. We've more episodes this season than last year or so last season so that's great but I will take a break in december to get you all ready for some good episodes in january we're all in the operation transformation buzz and getting healthy and get fit and basically just walking non-stop <laughs> um but if you did listen to the last episode i hope you enjoyed it that was tony Tormey from fair city aka paul Brennan. and before that i have to give a shout out to the five fans who gave a load of um retweets and shares of the interview with Scott and Sean from Vive. So if you're a fan of either, go back there, her latest two episodes. Um, But it's great to see, even when I haven't had episodes, there's still been listens every day. Some of them have had a day where we've had seven. Some there was one day it was like 43. Then their day might be three. So like it's up and down. But every single time means a lot to me because... Uh, you look at those other podcasts that are similar to this, and they have massive budgets and massive marketing teams, and it's me on the floor, of my uh, of my bedroom with my dog Tamara licking her paw beside me. So that's how, that's how professional this is. Anyway, I want to chat to you about my guest today. He is a magician, mentalist, hypnotist, brain hacker, all that kind of stuff. He's been on TV. Um, the first thing I always think of, despite all the stuff he's done, is the time that he had a load of American celebrities and one in particular he had uh, in his car and they were driving up like the Hollywood Hills and he had a blindfold on and they were like screaming and like, even, I think that was the episode of Eve, but there's a few different ones like those and they were just like thinking they're going to die and he was able to get them there. Safe. So go back and look at those on YouTube if you've never seen their class. He is Mr. Keith Barry. And he basically freaked the flip out of me in this episode because every time I talk to him, he plays a trick on me. And we hadn't discussed one in advance or anything, like that. I hadn't spoken to him. And it logged on, had the crack. And um, as you hear, he just decided randomly let's do it let's do a trick right now so yeah he completely freaked me out and once again as he's done before when I've met him and you'll just I want you to listen and hear it because it's live and you can hear the gaps in the me getting myself ready I so was not prepared for this Monday morning half 10 I was still half asleep and um, so have a listen see what you think and uh, it'll definitely make you want to go see him live Hi, Kate. Hey, how's it going?
1: how are you? All good, thanks.
0: Wow, look at this for a fancy little setup you
1: have. <laughs> I know, yeah.
0: Is this now just from COVID, or is it? Did you have all this before?
1: Oh no, this is only COVID. I think anybody who says that they're online before COVID is just lying.
0: Yeah, who ever heard of
1: Zoom before COVID? Like, you know what I mean? Like, loads of people are letting on that they're on Zoom and Teams. No, I've never fucking heard of any of it. So, this is all purely COVID. That's
0: <laughs> very nice. Very like I liked it a lot. It's a lot more than my uh, sitting room backdrop that I've got going on.
1: Listen, whatever works at it all, it's all good. We're all stuck in these places. So, anyway, it's all good. But I
0: appreciate you coming to have and having a chat with me. Yeah, sure thing. Normally, yeah. what I do on this is I'll ask the person how they're, you know, best known. But I suppose you are just known for being that bad magician who can read our minds (laughs) you must get what kind of things do people say to you in the street like
1: nothing everybody just looks at the ground and walks past me which is very strange i think you know what i mean
0: (laughs) yeah they're like please don't read my mind please don't please i think i'm hacking
1: brains all day long actually before we start no because i want to try something there's this new thing that i'm trying i'm gonna make a calculation in a second have you um your phone on you
0: yeah side me here
1: yes going to um i don't know Safari or Google or whatever you ordinarily use. Yeah. And I want you to type in how many articles are on Wikipedia.
0: Okay. <laughs> this is going to be interesting. Uh,
1: now we need to find the live count. So did you type that in?
0: Just now. Yeah. Okay. Have okay the live count.
1: Be, no, no the, li- no, the top one is not the live count. So oh, we need not. to go into, uh, I think it's wikicount.net. Can you see that? Let
0: me see. wikicount.net. Hold on, put that in. Okay. All right, yeah, I have the website Yeah, have it here Okay, so at the,
1: at the bottom of that It'll give us the average word count And that's right now on Wikipedia It should be 1,000 and something What is it?
0: 1,128
1: 1,28 One, two, eight times um, What's the article count Which is at the top? 6,000,000 and something
0: Yeah, 6,406,865
1: 65 equals. So right now, there's over seven point look seven point two two six billion words on Wikipedia. That's what that means. So um, see where it says, click here to visit Wikipedia. Yeah. Click on that. That'll bring you into Wikipedia. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right.
1: And, the, and then up at the top on the right hand side in Wikipedia, there's a little kind of magnification glass or whatever you call it. That's the mm-hmm. search bar. Click on that. And then I want you to type in like a word, a name, a place or a thing. But just something that you think there would be an article in Wikipedia on, if you know what I mean.
0: Okay. Uh, anything that you want. Let's see. This is the most bizarre thing. Okay, that, that doesn't have that one. Right. So let's have Okay, that'll do. Like it doesn't even
1: matter. I mean you can delete that and go for another one, or you can just keep that in, even if it doesn't have an article on it.
0: Uh, I'll put in this because I think this will definitely have an article. So yeah, okay.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so whatever that is, scroll down into the middle of the article, scroll down at the body of the article and mm-hmm. think of a long word. Think of a long word from the middle of the article. The longer the better.
0: Right. This number come this letter word is come up twice, so I've picked that one
1: so but here's the thing um so it was a long word like a re- like a reasonably uh, long word so not not and thereof you know what i mean yeah it's nice no, like
0: nine or ten letters or something
1: yeah okay granted okay actually you know what we will do this on the podcast put your phone face down or whatever so that i don't inadvertently get a glimpse of it in the middle of the interview right yeah so keep thinking of the long word keep thinking of uh, whatever it was that you typed in right and then you can say to me in the middle of the interview you can say okay earlier on but just yeah. say earlier on type the word into Wikipedia and I also thought of a long word can you guess what it is and see can I guess now I might not be able to get it if I get it wrong you can tell everybody I got it wrong but just I'll be, be like, honest you I failed just you be, didn't, I didn't read, read. my brain. <laughs> oh yeah I might not I might fail I fail all the time we can talk about that uh, but uh, but if I get it right just be honest okay
0: yeah we will do yeah, I would say it there so if I do see this cool. is worries me now because I remember years ago I'm, when I met you in person you, were, you did this thing with um the newspaper where it's like you had to rip up a certain amount of pages and oh yeah then when you get down to like this it comes down to like a corner little shred and you're like I bet you this word is on that and I was like how how did you know that and it worked
1: I know yeah uh, yeah
0: see I would I be so freaked out well. if I was always in your <laughs> company I'd be like mm. <laughs> what's he doing he's doing a trick on me
1: when people have something to hide, have something to worry about.
0: <laughs> ah, well, then I'm, then I'm fine. Then I'm okay.
1: <laughs>
0: like, you're doing this so long now. Like, when... Like, in terms of magic, did you get that thing as a kid? You know, the box that we all got, the Paul Daniels set. Is that how you got interested in it? Or what was it?
1: Yeah, so like, I really started all this when I was five years of age. I got a Paul Daniels magic set. And ultimately, uh it kind of just spiraled on from there if you like so uh, every year i get a, a, a set whether it's a paul daniels set or i don't think i ever got a david copperfield set but ultimately mm-hmm. a magic set every year and then when i was 14 i bought a really good book on magic called the klutz book of magic uh, which ultimately kind of changed my life if you like because i learned every trick out of that book and went into uh, waterford city center and started performing in restaurants um and then it just kind of really snowballed out of control from there you know
0: and like, I suppose when people associate magic and like, the, you know, Paul Daniel sets and it's the tap and the top of the cup and, you know, moving them around and all that kind of stuff. But how does it veer from that into what you kind of do now, with this, which is a lot of big tricks. And as you say, the brain hacking and that kind of stuff, you've got like, it's definitely moved away from the traditional, I suppose, aspect of magic.
1: Yeah, I think that's what's, kind of got me my longevity if you like i think it's important to consistently reinvent yourself and change yourself so when i was in college studying chemistry my girlfriend then was my wife now Marie, she was studying psychology and i started to learn as much as i could from her psychology books uh and that's when i started mixing mentalism and hypnosis with the magic um so look i have a passion for all of the allied arts and some years my Tours rely heavily on magic. Other years I'll just go pure mentalism. Sometimes I'll mix and combine both. Um, so it is important for me though to continuously like just develop. Uh, new aspects of what I do uh, whether that's escapology or mentalism and whatnot, because I think look it's as simple as this a lot of magicians come and go right uh, we've seen them come and go and it's because they stick to just one thing I think you know if I just put on a whole bunch of card tricks on stage this year I don't think anybody would come uh, I think they know my audiences know that I'll change like I've changed every single tour I've changed consistently for the last 20 years. So even this show now, I have all my tours like recorded. So I look back at all 20 tours and make sure that not one trick in this tour repeats itself, not just on last year's tour, but on any of the other 20 tours. Um, and I really enjoy that, you know?
0: And you, so you met your wife in college and you were sort of, did you try a little magic on her? She's like, hey, you oh, no, do you no. want to do way, way, with me.
1: <laughs> I met her way before college. So I met her when I was 17 and she was, uh, no, I was 16 no hang on i was 17 and she was 16 in waterford so we're both from waterford and then we went to college together so uh she's well on to me at this stage like you know she, she's a a psychologist by trade so listen she knows as much as i do about the power of the human mind and um, so the answer to that is no i can uh i can try and control and persuade everybody else but not my wife you know
0: <laughs> she's just like and how does that make you feel? And you're like, damn it, you're having to Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she's able
1: to, to stop my pattern interrupts and she's able to stop my yes setting and my anchoring and triggering. So yeah, I don't even bother trying anymore, to be honest. It's just like, <laughs> okay, who's who's bringing the kids to school? Uh, who's bringing the kids to rugby and so on, you know?
0: Yeah, it must be great having that, uh, like a talent like that with kids because you can, like. The, I know you can say, you can kind of realize when people are lying, they have like gives. And I know you've talked before about studying that uh, that, thing about you can twitches in people's faces so when you have kids and you're like have you done their homework and they're like he's gonna know if we say we lie to him
1: yeah like well actually weirdly enough you can read kids and you can kind of uh you can influence kids in certain ways so the first thing i i say to adults when it comes to kids is always agree you see the biggest battle with adults is they always disagree with their kids they're like no you are going to school this morning you have to eat your vegetables and so on um whereas i do the opposite i agree and then manipulate them to do what it is that i want them to do anyway so (laughs) you in in order to make people agreeable you've got to agree with them right so if you Mm -hmm. disagree it creates that tension that battle that we all have so for me I, i agree with my kids more often than not and then I twist them around to my way of thinking. The problem is now as they grow older, they're starting to catch on to that. So I have to start thinking of new <laughs> techniques, you know.
0: You're like, yeah, you can stay home from school. I do need a hand scrubbing the toilet. And they're like, okay, I'll go to school.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they kind of, and, and the other issues, the two of them are learning my techniques and starting to use it on their friends now as well, which is oh. bizarre, you know.
0: Oh, that's interesting though. I'd love to see what they use it for their advantage.
1: Yeah, well, look, I don't know. My daughter just gets seems to get her own way all the time, uh, both in school and out of school. So she seems to be the leader of the pack half the time, which I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's a thing nonetheless. You know.
0: <laughs> I love that. It like it's a lot of work that goes into what you're doing, especially now that you've said that you twenty every tw- every show. You're not you're making sure you're not repeating a trick. Like sometimes you must be like, oh, that did really well back in two thousand and two. People mightn't remember it. Like to come up with new. Bigger, better, bolder—that's a lot of work.
1: Yeah, but I don't mind the work. You know, I've got a good work ethic. I think that's again um, part of my success, if you like. So I remember—I um, remember a quote by Will Smith years and years and years ago, and it really resonated with me even to this very day. It was when he was just a rapper; he wasn't even really an actor. And they, and a reporter asked, "What's the success of your rapping? Like, what he put it down to?" And he said, "When all the other rappers are in bed, I'm up practicing my rapping." And that really resonated with me. So to this very day, when all the other mentalist magicians and hypnotists are in bed, I'm up. I'm still working. So last night I was up from 3 a.m. working, back up at 8 a.m. this morning, back working straight away. Um, but that's because I love what I do. So um, for me, coming up with new shows, that's the exciting part about what I do. Um, you know, I, I absolutely love it. Uh, I love inventing new things. And look, I bounce ideas off of some mentalism friends and some, uh, some inventors, like... I mean, like literally this Thursday, I'm going down to Cork, I have to drive down because I'm picking up a top secret uh, prop from an invention lab in Cork that nobody knows about. There's actually an artificial uh, intelligence invention lab in Cork top secret place that I found access to and they built a prop for me I find that really exciting I feel like James Bond you know what I mean <laughs> like yeah, picking yeah. up all these gizmos and stuff so uh, so coming up with the, the, the tricks the illusions and all that is, is the easy part really for me now Um the toughest part is literally in the middle of a pandemic still trying to encourage people to just go out and grab their tickets because you know there's obviously some trepidation out there and, and some people are some, are nervous and I think people I, I, I haven't really grasped the fact that even though the number is high and all the rest this is it this is where we're at and I don't think there's going to be any lockdowns or anything happening anytime soon uh, we'll be back on the road and hopefully people will join us you know
0: yeah I think like we've all spent the last like 20 months going oh as soon as things reopen I'm going to like I was very much missing concerts missing gigs and saying oh I can't wait to go to one and then I suppose there's the nerves that's the very first time you go to the, the pub or the very first time and you're just like then you see turn on the telly and it's like 4,000 cases so you just get. You're like, am I buying tickets and then it's going to cancel and I'm going to be let down? I think there's that worry.
1: Yeah, but I think people need to understand that, you know, you can only control what's going on inside your own mind. So... I'm not pro or anti-vaccine. I'm doing my own thing. And I think there's too many opinions now in the mix. And it's really divided people. So for me, I have empathy for the unvaccinated or sick. I have empathy for the vaccinated who are sick. So, uh, you know, I understand the concerns that people sometimes have. But ultimately, you know, we are where we are. And I just personally am of the opinion that, you know, we're almost two years into this thing. People are dying of all kinds of other things anyway. I'm not willing to stall my life any longer. I've stalled my life for 18 months. Uh, I've done my bit, um, but I'm pretty much there now in in regards to my own cap on what I'm about to limit myself doing functionally in life in order to just, uh, you know, allow the world to live again and to breathe again. So I think this is kind of it. and I think this is it for a lot of people. You know, Um, my parents are in their 70s. My sister lives in America. They haven't seen her in two years. I mean, like, you know, either one of them could drop dead of a heart attack. I hate saying that, but they could drop dead of a heart attack or something else. It's time for them to get back to living again, um, regardless of whether the, the the virus is still out there or not. And I think most people are of that opinion now. Um, and then I'll do it within whatever constraints I'm being told to do it within. So look... Unfortunately, if that means that only vaccinated people can come to a theater, that's not my decision. Um, I don't necessarily agree with it. You know, I think if they had antigen testing, uh, then I think everybody should be welcome into a theater. But ultimately, we've got to do it in the constraints and safely. So uh, I just can't wait to get back on a stage. I don't think people realize it's in our DNA to be on a stage as entertainers. Like we can't function or breathe without being on a stage. It's not something that we're just... Um, I, I doing for the sake of doing. Like, I can't do anything else, uh, and I really can't at this stage of my career. I really can't do anything else. I need to be on a stage. Um, so, being online and all the rest of it's been fine. It's been great. I've been very grateful to be able to pivot online. But ultimately, I need to get back on that stage. You know?
0: How did you go from like you're seventeen, you're you're in college, you're doing chemistry, and you're like, I'm I'm loving this magician side I'm doing on the side or whatever. How does that go from be, from that to suddenly being like? Ireland's biggest magician like you're going on you're doing TV shows in America you're doing that like how did that leap come from one to the other
1: you know I don't think it was any great leap per se I mm-hmm. think you know it was just hard graft and determination I mean, I have a dogged determination that's for sure so like yeah you know, I kind of outlined it in the book so as you probably know I have a book out called Brain Hacks and I do it is semi-autobiographical uh, and I wanted people to understand that I've been through Good times, bad times, tough times, but more importantly, it kind of shows the trajectory, if you like, of how I got to where I am. But ultimately, to go back to your question, you know, I took a leap of faith when I was 23, just in my ability to make it as a full-time entertainer. So I had a steady day job, paid really good money. I was a cosmetic scientist. I used to invent women's makeup, believe it or not. And then ultimately, uh, I just made that leap of faith and jumped full-time into being an entertainer. And then I started traveling to the U.S., um, and trying to break the U S and when I was over there, I mean, it was literally skipping queues in nightclubs, jumping red ropes, performing for celebrities all over Hollywood. And just, I became known as not just the Irish magician, but I guess the, the magician to the stars in those early days out in Hollywood. Um, and then I was in a nightclub one time and I was performing for Paul Rosenberg, who was uh, Eve's manager at the time. Then also uh, Paris Hilton was there and, um, uh, Kelly Osborne and there's somebody else there as well, but anyways four big celebrities: but Kelly Osborne, Paris Hilton, and Paul Rosenberg, and then ultimately they were freaking out and they were screaming and running all over the nightclub because of the crazy <laughs> stuff. You know, and a, an MTV executive saw me, and she came up and said, "We're in Cancun, Mexico, next week. Do you want your own special?" And I said, "Sure." Um, and we cut the deal in the nightclub, and then the next week I was down in Cancun filming a TV special down there. So that was the start of my TV um experience, if you like, over in, in America. And then I've, I've done stuff for CBS. For uh, NBC, um, for Discovery Channel, so all the different channels over there, you know, over the years.
0: So you kind of had to go away to make it to make it at home, nearly in a way.
1: Yeah, I think. Look, that's. Uh, a story uh, that a lot of people tell, but it is somewhat true, I suppose. I mean, I had my first TV series here back in 2003. Um, That was Close Encounters with Keith Barry on RTE. Uh, And look, I've done TV uh, for different channels all over the world, but it's kind of interesting. Like I came full circle back to RTE just before the pandemic with the Keith Barry experience, which did really well for them. Um, And then the pandemic hit, but ultimately, um, yeah, I mean, I think it does help when you're, uh, you know, perceived as having success away people tend to pay attention more that you know when you come back uh, and certainly that was probably the case for me I would say you know.
0: Although I imagine when you told people in your life that you're giving up the you know um, cosmetic chemistry side of stuff you know really well-paying job and then you're like I'm going to be a magician and be a full-time entertainer I'm sure people were like sure? are you sure?
1: <laughs> are you sure oh, yeah, they all thought I was, was mad and you know even Uh, my parents were like magic is great as a hobby I assure you and that's just concern from their perspective because look 22 years ago whatever it is now uh, there's only a handful of professional magicians in Ireland Uh, there still probably is only a handful of Mm. professional magicians in Ireland there isn't that many like I would say like realistically speaking, there's probably only 10 successful full-time magicians in Ireland. And that's not a lot like, you know. Um, uh, so so it is concerning for your parents. And then other people just think you're mad. What do you mean you're a magician? Even now, sometimes when I'm abroad, if somebody doesn't know who I am, what, they ask what I do. Uh, and and you say i mean sometimes i'll say entertainer sometimes i'll say magician sometimes i'll say hypnotist because i do all these things so it depends what humor i'm in what i say i am but ultimately some if you say magician some people go yeah 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 so what's your real job like you know that's what they actually say to you which is really kind of funny uh you know if i was another person i'd probably be insulted by that but now i just kind of laugh at it um so for me uh yeah it was important to take that risk and jump into it full time I always wanted to live life with no regrets and I would have really regretted it if I hadn't at least tried and I'm okay with failure so I always pushed to failure so if I had failed I think I would have went back to college studied and become a vet believe it or not
0: Wow, that's that's something that I've noticed from people that especially now in the last while with the pandemic is that people have always had dreams that they never followed them. They've talked about it to their friends, but you love yeah. like, even if it was just being a vet, like I'd love to be a vet. And then the pandemic hit and even if they kept their job, suddenly people are going, I want to write that book or I'm going to do this. And they're kind of getting a bit more pushing themselves out of a zone maybe that you did it when you were younger. These are people probably now in their 50s, 60s are going, yeah. I should have done that. And that's the thing. I'd hate to go to be 50 60 and have all these regrets
1: well it's never too late like it really isn't ever too late to do these things like i really believe that you know if you've got a year left to live live it the way you want to live if you've got five years left to live live it the way you want to live so for me it's all about living with authenticity and integrity so i do some controversial things sometimes some provocative things but i do them from a, for a very specific reason and i always make sure that that aligns with my morals and my values mm. and my integrity i'll give you an example so in the In the current tour, I'm doing a full piece and I'm going to contact the dead. So everybody's like freaking out right now. They're like, (laughs) did Pete Barry say he's against all this? And the answer is yes. So I'm doing this to show people, this is what so-called psychics do when they're contacting the dead and I'm telling you. So it all makes sense in the context of the show. Mm -hmm. But listening to an interview like this, sometimes it can be taken out of context. But I will be saying at the outset, What I'm about to do is fake. It is fake, as fake as it can come, but I'm going to do it anyway. In the knowledge of that, if you want to contact the dead loved one, let's go. And then, uh, and then I do it anyway. So, and for me, that is uh almost like a public service because i want people to know that you can indeed be duped by so-called people who are telling you this is real i'm telling you it's fake but i'm still going to do it anyway uh, now that's only one small portion of the show but i'm doing that for a very specific reason and i do everything in the show for a very specific reason like the end of the show is going to be the most provocative compelling end to a show that i've ever had like the last show insanity We had like every night a thousand people or whatever it was fully raving, like a full on rave, like a maniac uh, in the theater. And it was amazing because that was actually part of a trick, believe it or not, having everybody rave. So it was high octane, high energy. It was amazing. It was just phenomenal. Like I loved it. But then this show, I'm almost nervous myself at the end because it's going to be so emotive. Uh, that's what I would say and, and hence the name Reconnected so the end of the show is based on a connection I'm not going to give too much away I want it to be a mystery but it's based upon a connection that's going to happen in the show and there won't be a dry eye in the house that's all I'll say
0: this I remember you talking before about like the psychic thing and you're, you're, you're you know you are very outspoken going you know these people are lying to you you know they're not it's not real or whatever yeah. And but like, I've been to psychics before, I inverted commas, you know, I mm-hmm. think sometimes the people, people like me who go to them are usually going for the crack and to hear what you want to hear. Do you know what I mean? Like they want yeah. to hear, yeah. oh, that guy you're dating is going to marry you. And you're like, oh, great. I've made a great decision here, yeah. you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, people hear what they want to hear, but also that you can never change people's opinions. I, I found that out a long time ago. So I'm not there to change people's opinions on whether they believe in psychics or not. But what I do want people to do is question, question everything, uh, question me, question psychics, uh, question the narrative. I think it's I think it's good and important to question things. And, you know, I mean, I, I do think people say oh you know psychics do no harm they give comfort to people who are trying to get over uh, the death of loved one well actually i think they prolong the natural grieving process that we all need to go through in order to uh, get over that pain and anguish of the death of a loved one so i think they can do a lot of harm you know um but look as i said you know with the show with the new show. It is designed though to make people laugh until their faces hurt first and foremost and then be fooled really badly as well. And, and that portion is only a small portion of the show, you know?
0: And you're going to have everyone crying then. That's the plan at the end, everyone falling. <laughs> Well, i didn't say that emotional. i said there will
1: be a dry eye in the house and it'll be very <laughs> emotive but that's not to do but i'll be very specific now with you saying that it's that particular routine that i'm talking about at the end of the show is nothing at all to do with contacting the other side it's a completely different routine altogether
0: so it's just yeah because i think um so many people want to hear you know someone dies you know i lost my auntie a few months ago and like all you want to mm. hear is that you know, they're OK. And like your, your friend could tell you that and your mom could tell you that. and You won't believe it. And yeah. It's this whole thing that I'm going to go to this person who claims they know all the dead people. So like you're going to be using that to show people you're using your show to show people that, you know, this is what they they do to bring you in
1: yeah, I'm going to display openly the techniques that they use in order to deceive you. Um, so I will deceive you, <laughs> but in an entertaining fashion and all the knowledge that you know that it's fake. So I'm being very honest that it's fake. And I think that's the most important part about the integrity of the piece is, uh, is that it is fake, you know.
0: The psychics must hate you. Do you get hate mail from them? They're like, damn you, Keeper. <laughs>
1: Uh, look years ago years ago i put out a challenge i was offering 10 grand for anybody who proved me that they were psychic under my conditions and all the the psychics kind of ran down the rabbit holes and never came up for air so look i don't i don't have any hate for these people i just think people need to understand that this stuff uh certainly can be done in a deceptive way a very deceptive way um and i've yet to find a psychic personally that comes anywhere close to what i believe a real psychic could do you know
0: I think the thing that I love about, like, your kind of show is that you come away thinking, you know, you come away going, how to do... It? And I can't explain it to the person who hasn't seen your show. So if you haven't yeah. been to one of your shows, and I'm... Tri- like, And then he hung himself from the roof, and then he was reading the Bible at the same time, and then he jumped and he landed in the seat beside me, and they're like, what? But if you've been there, you go, how? How did... And you spend that going away thinking about that, you know?
1: Well, I think that's it. I mean, for me, it's all about mystery and wonder. So my... Job, if you like, my function, my role is to transform people into a world where anything, everything can and will happen. And ultimately, it's to forget about the pandemic, but not just the pandemic. Forget about your everyday lives. Forget about about any illness that you might have for just that period in time, and transform your mindset into a child again, that childlike sense of wonder, so that you have that moment of mystery. And then when you go home, try and break it all down and figure it all out. And that's part of the fun too. So the show doesn't just last in that two and a half hours. I know from like literally eavesdropping on people in bars after the show i might have a baseball cap on and my glasses on and people uh but yeah i've only started wearing glasses in the last couple of years so you stick a pair of glasses on it's like superman you stick a pair of glasses on and a baseball cap and nobody sees, seems to recognize you you know and you uh, look like
0: jason Byrne. there
1: <laughs> i'll take that jason burn jason i like jason so whatever i'll take it but, but ultimately um you know, that's part of the fun as well. So for me, I eavesdropping people and I love hearing all their different ideas and concepts of how things happen. And um, So the show doesn't stop there. It continues after the show as well, which is lovely as well, you know?
0: Yeah, because a lot of times we go to a comedian stuff, because I love going to comedy gigs, you can't remember exactly how the joke went, so you can't ever pass it on to anybody. So like with this, at least you're coming away and you're sitting with the person beside you going, how do you think he did that now? When he did that thing? Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I like that. Like I actively encourage people to try and break down what I do and figure it all out. Because I think that's part of the fun as well, you know?
0: And I know you were saying like, you couldn't, this is you and you can't do anything else. Did, Did you ever have a point where you're like, I just don't know if I can keep coming up with stuff like this. I might go and do something else instead.
1: No, no. I mean, if you get stuck in a creative rut, I always do a couple of different things. So one is I've got what I call, I I talk about it in my book, Brain Hacks. I've got like a chaos box that I go to, which is to inspire creativity. So that's basically uh, old newspaper clippings, maybe plasticine, like all kinds of different things in there that will inspire creativity. But then I also have a good core group of friends that I bounce ideas off of. So I've got a friend in America, Andrew Gerard. I've been writing with him for years. Another guy over in Amsterdam, Timon Krauss um and a couple of friends here so when i get stuck in a creative rut like what you're saying and i might think jesus what i'm going to do i'm out of creativity i'll just call them and we just have a brainstorming session and that inspires me and gets my creativity going again so i never think about giving it up i mean for me it's just all about um trying to continuously come up with concepts that people will enjoy and as long as people enjoy it then you know i'm up for providing uh, that entertainment for them you know
0: but like when you know with all the thinking that you have to put in between the TV shows and then obviously the live shows did, when the pandemic first hit did you kind of go oh, I have a few weeks now where I don't want to think about things this is kind of nice
1: no I I, I was very <laughs> interested and in everybody else seemed to say that right they were like oh this is lovely and I'm at home with my kids and uh, and oh my god I'm reevaluating my life and now I'm going to make banana bread and I was like what's wrong with <laughs> all these people like uh, what's like I, I seem to be the only one uh, <laughs> honestly i was like i already spent enough time with my wife and my kids i don't need to spend more time with them uh, like why did everybody else not spend enough time with their wife and kids to begin with like i don't understand this like how did everybody else get so so i think people do get lost in the digital distraction of the world that we're in and they get completely lost like if you look at the likes of i don't know like uh, for example Steve Jobs you know when he passed away was he necessarily a really happy human being um, I'm not so sure he didn't spend that much time with his kids you know and for me I always spend that quality time with my wife and my kids so I didn't feel like i needed even spend more time with them so when, when my job got taken away uh, like I was in the middle of pre-production for series 2 of the Keith Barry experience for RTE so that got taken out and then my tour got taken away um, so I felt just a bit disheartened to be honest and I kind of lost my sense of purpose for a while So for the first time in many, many years, I actually felt quite down for a couple of weeks. Um, But then I used the strategies that I outlay in the book. uh, And that's why I personally made the book very personable um, to get myself back on track again. And and that's what I did. So, no, I didn't like when everybody else was out painting the fence and cutting the grass. I was in here building a virtual studio with green screens and backdrops. I know you, people can't see it, but I mean, literally, you've got a full lighting rig uh, behind what you're looking at. I've got like a green screen back here. We got the whole work's going on in here, you know. Um, oh, yeah. And ultimately, this took masses of work. So, so that's what I did. I kind of just plowed myself back into work again, you know.
0: You're, you're obviously one of those people that needs to be busy, likes, likes to keep going, likes to constantly be doing stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like I do like downtime too. Don't get me wrong. Um, so I find enough time for myself. I find enough time for my wife, for my kids. Sometimes I don't have that time. Uh, that's the only time that I get too busy in my head um, when I've got a lot of projects going on. Like right now is a really busy period, like really, really busy. So I've, because like, I do a lot of executive coaching. So I've got an eight module course that I'm giving to a big company in the US at the moment. Um, that's based upon me teaching them non communication skills, uh, lie detection skills, all these different things that I teach Teach executives, uh, and then ultimately, uh, you know, uh, we're going into rehearsals for the tour pretty soon. Uh, even though the, the the material still will remain technically untested until january 1st in other words i don't test it in front of an audience we still got to go into rehearsals and make sure we got all the props and everything functions and all the rest and the backdrops are made and, and we get the timings down and things like that um and then i've got gigs as well online gigs physical gigs are coming back as well some christmas parties and all that kind of stuff so right now is a really busy period in my life um so sometimes uh, other things suffer in that moment uh, but other than that like i generally try to keep as much balance as i can you know
0: you seem to you were one of the people like that was quite vocal, obviously, when we were trying to get gigs back and everything, you know, when everyone was pushing for the nightlife to come back. Um, that was kind of a big campaign. You were definitely involved in it, trying to get the government to, to reopen.
1: I was in the early part, but then I figured out that I was kind of not necessarily a lone wolf, but one of the few lone wolves. I think uh, I realized it was a futile calling that I was trying to get. So in other words, uh, I think certainly the live sector obviously um was affected more than most but more importantly i think it was ignored more than most and i think that was the the real uh, frustration point for most people um but i did realize i was making a bit of noise and then like danny from the coronas was making a bit of noise a few other people but look us making a bit of noise really wasn't gonna make any difference so i realized that my energy was going down uh down a drain really so i kind of stopped if i'm being honest um because i again like i hate to reference but in the book i say you know when you're in a hole the best thing to do isn't always to keep digging um so so i stopped and just put my energies elsewhere and and thankfully we're back now and the most important thing is to stay back you know
0: yeah definitely and that's the thing everyone keeps going are we going in another lockdown are we da, da, da? and i'm like look our, no one can predict ne- we can't predict tomorrow can't even predict the next week or anything like that but the only thing is you have to just be i just think it's all about personal responsibility i can like i get anxieties like everybody else does i never really did before the pandemic it's just this has brought it on. But then I'm like, Mm. am I doing the things that, am I using hand sanitizer? Am I wearing my mask? Am I, you know, keeping away socially distanced? And then if you do that, then then you can go to the gigs and you can go to the pub and do all these things, just keeping an eye on yourself.
1: Well, look, I think, look, the truth is this. Like, let's be honest, right? Here's the truth. And everyone knows the truth. So I'm not telling anything that's a big surprise to anybody. It's because our health system will crumble under just... Uh, a small percentage of people entering hospital. I mean, that's it, right? So take a vaccine, don't take a vaccine. Like, really, all it comes boils down to is how many people can our hospitals take that are ill? That's it. That's the start and end of the conversation there. So they're saying to us that right now that we can continue that we can go out about and that we can have our lives live our lives and do it as safely as we possibly can given the advice that we've been given and that's what I think most people are going to do now Uh, certainly that's what I'm going to do regardless of my own gigs Um, and just with talking to people I think people are going to be smart about their actions and behaviours as best as they can and then they're going to live their lives so for me uh, certainly I believe a safe place to be is in a theatre because you've got your designated seat you can wear your mask if you want to you don't have to so you can take your mask off Um, But ultimately, you know, uh, given the constraints and the different things that we're under right now, um, I I think the the theaters are certainly as safe as a pub, a restaurant, a hotel, which have been open for uh, months and months, if not the past year now. And I've been in hotels and I've been in some hotels that are packed, like as in I've been in hotels where I go to the restaurant and there's. 150 people in a restaurant and, you know, the tables aren't two metres away from each other. I can tell you that much for nothing. Um, But in the same breath, uh, personally, I haven't caught coronavirus and I felt quite safe in those environments, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, actually, I went to the Gatey a couple of weeks ago and you had to wear your mask the entire time.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe different venues will have different rules. So I don't know about that. So I can't talk about specific venues that I'll be in. Uh, But just I haven't heard that people will have to wear their masks or anything like that.
0: Well, I'm guessing you won't be having a rave this time round.
1: <laughs> no, there'll be no raves, no raves. Um, but yeah, there'll be lots of other uh, interesting, provocative and uh, hilarious pieces in the show, you know.
0: And will there be, as usual, you know, you do go down to the crowd or call some people up or pick some people so and everyone gets real nervous. They're like, oh God, am I going to be the person? Is that going oh to be yeah, Oh there'll be person? tons
1: of people. Tons and tons of people will land on the stage. I think the important thing for people to realise, especially given the times that we're in, nobody's going to be forced to come up on stage. So if you don't want to come up on stage, that's absolutely fine. And I think that's only fair given the circumstances that we're in. So if you want to kick back, relax and enjoy the show, you can do that without any fear of landing on the stage, you know.
0: You must have certain people though, like a certain tell on people or something you're like they're going to be good to get on stage like just by their look alone
1: oh absolutely yeah like I, I love to, to gauge an audience and see where the skeptics are the believers the non believers the people who don't care the people who are dragged along <laughs> by their partners like I love to see it all um, and I quite like picking people but I'm looking at the tour up behind you here mm-hmm. um, and actually like the first half of the show or the very first routine of the show I'm going to teach half of the audience how to hack into the other half of the audience's brains so like nobody in the world has ever done that and so if you can imagine 500 people wherever it is hacking into the other 500 people's brains that's going to be just an amazing start to the show full stop uh, but then the second routine as i look at it i'm actually throwing a paper ball into the audience that gets bounced around um so people are going to be selected completely at random the only prerequisite is if you catch it and you really don't want to come up on the stage just hand it to the person next to you um, <laughs> and then they can and then they can come up uh, and the good news is listen i always have more than enough people who want to come up on the stage anyway so it will be absolutely fine you know
0: Yeah, because see, everyone has that fear they're going to be picked. And then there's the bit of excitement when it comes to you. You're like, oh, you're like, no, I don't want to. But you're nearly throwing yourself up on the stage as well. Well, this is it.
1: Yeah, people are intrigued as well as what might happen when they land on the stage, you know. So they say they don't want to come to the stage. But look, always at least half of the audience actually wants to get on the stage, you know.
0: Definitely. Um, I will give a shout at the end of the episode where the dates are and the tickets and all that kind of stuff for where you're coming. Mm. But we did have a trick at the start. You were um, getting me to find a word on wikipedia so do you want to make a guess or
1: oh yeah so this is important for everybody who's listening um that you search for a word on wikipedia and you didn't tell me what it was and we know that there's a couple of billion words on wikipedia you could have searched for so here's the idea um i also asked you to look for a long word from the middle of the article so look at me do you remember what that long word was yeah Okay, good. And there was lots of different words you could have chosen from, yes? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, Okay, good. Focus on just the long word from the middle of the article. I'm going to grab a piece of card here to write on. So look directly at me into the screen. Oh, sorry. Okay, look at me. Okay, I'm going to try and guess the first letter of the long word from the middle of the article. Just the first letter, okay? And just come a bit closer to the screen. I need to be able to see your face. So this is about me reading your body language. Your job is to shut me down. Do not react to anything that I say. Just focus on the first letter from the long word. (laughs) I have to stop laughing. Okay. Okay, Z Y X W V U T S R Q R Q R R R Q P O I Okay, good. I'm going to write down. I'm just going to scribble down what I believe is the first letter. I'll get rid of the marker, so I've committed myself to a letter here. What is the first letter from the middle of the article? The long word from the middle of the article is the first letter. R. It was R. You saw me stall on the R. Yeah, I saw it. I was R as well. Okay, look at me. Focus on the second letter now. If you can, I don't know if you can or not, but we talked about reconnecting with the other side. The second letter in the long word, if you can, um, are you able to think of a dead person who starts with that letter? A famous dead person who yeah. starts with that letter? Yeah. Okay, Look, you looked up to the top right and you went, yes, very quickly. To tell me it's a singer with black hair. Did you just think of Elvis there?
0: Ah, oh, Jesus, come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, good. Focus on the word now. Just don't say it out loud. Just say it in your mind. The long word over and over and over again. Um, I'm going to go recommended.
0: This is a joke. How did you know that? That's ridiculous. You're
1: telling me. You're just telling me. Look at me. Look at me again. Focus on whatever you search for, though. Focus on whatever whatever you search for. Look at me. Um, yeah, you look like an outdoors person rather than an indoors person. I'm so going to say this is something, uh, some, some kind of movement, animation, outdoors. Uh, oh, small. There's something small involved, something that, yeah, you're rubbing it now in your head. Um, this is... Uh, yeah something light in color i'm saying it's going to be light in color not dark in color i'm not too sure oh i uh, i think i'm I like I trying song, to but I
0: anything in my face right now <laughs> i also
1: i also got i also got you i don't know what this means by the way i don't know what these but i just something to do with a shop and when you go into a shop measuring something uh down by your legs. I don't know what that means. So a shop measuring something on your legs or maybe down by your feet. Um, so shop measuring something on your legs or your feet. Um, what did you search for, by the way? Cockapoo. Oh, my God. Cockapoo. Just like that?
0: Stop! How... Right. Now, what, how? What was,
1: how but tell me this. What, what was the measuring things on your legs or feet about?
0: I don't know. I just not know they're quite small.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Oh, did you? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Did you initially think about searching for something else? Yes. What was that? Uh, shoe size. Oh, so you thought uh, about searching for shoe size? Yeah, so that's why I was getting measuring the feet. That's why I was getting measuring the feet. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, stop. Oh, stop. <laughs> how can you see? How did you do that?
1: <laughs> I saw it in your eyes. You spoke to me, but without speaking.
0: Like, Okay, maybe the or thing, I maybe my face moved, but honestly, how did you get cockaboo and shoe size? They're so different. You told me
1: without speaking. Come to the show starting January 1st, don't forget, and then you'll find out there. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll be God. it all. I'll be telling you how I'm doing it.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to have to come to the show, see how you do it, and then use it. Oh, my friends.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do.
0: Oh, my God. I'm so freaked out. Like, this is what happens every time I talk to you.
1: Good. <laughs> That's my job. That
0: is, you're doing a great job. Well, now you've convinced everyone who's listening that they have to go and see what happens.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <gasps> oh, Keith, listen, you're a listen. superstar. I was lovely to talk to you and I'm so, my brain is blown by this now.
1: <laughs> Thanks for having me. Cheers.
0: <laughs> no worries.
1: All right. Deadly Nicola. Appreciate right. it. You soon. Thanks again. Have a good day. Bye. Thanks. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. Okay. Come on. How did he do that? How, first of all, did he guess, right, the, the room I was in was my sitting room. There was nobody else in it. There was no photographs in the background, nothing like that. But I was like, afterwards, I was like, okay, maybe he saw my dogs because I have cockapoos on Instagram or something like that, maybe. But how do you think a shoe size? The reason the shoe size was in my head that day was because I used to be size six, now I'm size five. And then I tried on my sister's runners by accident that day, that morning, and just to go out to the line or something. And they were size four and they've hit me. And I was like, oh my God, why is the only part of me that's shrinking it's my feet. And so that was my brain. And that's why I was going to look up, I looked up shoe size, but there's no Wikipedia page on it. And I wanted to see, was there some sort of science behind shrinking feet? Um And no, So how did he get that? Honestly, how did he get that? It completely freaked me out. But as always, that's what happens whenever I meet him in my walkway and go, oh my God, how did he do that? Uh, if you want to pick up his book, as he mentioned, it's called Brain Hacks please shop local and get it in your local bookshop. Go down and pick it up. Right? Like, obviously, keep doesn't mind where you buy it, but I like, it'd just be nice if you pick up an actual copy in a bookshop, they're going to be more thankful than any of the websites. So, but if you are going to pick a website, maybe Kenny's Um, Go to the gutter Bookshop if you're in Dublin, something like that. There's so many gorgeous, You have just seen Chapters closing. So please just do it so that no more of our little faves will, will close. Go down to Chapters and buy it there. They've probably got a really good sale on. Um, If you want to go see him live, the show is called Reconnected and basically it's going throughout. Uh, it starts on the 1st of January, New Year's Day, and it's going between then and March. So, just going to try out some dates here. There are loads. I'm not going to list them all. But just in case uh, you do want to go, some of them are. Uh, it's kicking off in Maynooth in the Glen Royal on the 1st. Uh, he's going to go to Limerick on the 6th in the Radisson Blue. Um, at Cologne on the 8th of January in the Radisson. Up in Dublin, he's going to be in the Olympia on the 15th. Drogheda in the TLT on the 22nd. Going to February, Uh, he's in Sligo in the Radisson on the 4th. Clonmel on the 11th in the Clonmel Park. He's going back to Waterford in the Woodlands on the 18th. And then in March, he's going to Mullingar on the 4th, Dunmore East on the 10th and then in Carlo and Woodford Dolman Hotel on the 11th. But go on to his, you know, socials on his, his website. He'll have all the dates because he's probably coming to a place near you. I'm off to try and think how could I have given away shoe size or even or. But anyway, um, please, if you've enjoyed this, do come and follow me on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, It's just tis yourself or well tis yourself. Send me a little DM there. Tell me what you've thought of this episode. Uh, can you do you know why how he did it? And of course, um, if you like this episode, and you have it's your first time listening. Please go back and listen to another one. I think you'll enjoy them. So many good ones there, and um, thank you. Just, just thank you for listening. Some days over the last few weeks, I've had seven. I've had three. I've had forty-seven. I've had fifty-seven. Then I've other days I've had. One nine, seven. you know, this isn't a podcast with a massive marketing budget or anything like that. So I really, really appreciate it. And um, every single time you click, you share, you follow, I actually notice them and I notice my regular listeners and all that kind of stuff. So please um, do share and do come and send me a message. All right. Have a great weekend. Love you lots. Bye.